Welcome to Smart Casual, Images Fashion Podcast in collaboration with Kildare Village, dealing with personal style in a way that speaks to you. Hosted by me, Fashion Director Marie Kelly. And me, Aideen O'Connell, Image.ie staff writer. And me, Sarah Rickard, Fashion Stylist and Creative Consultant. In our 20s, 30s and 40s, we're three women across three decades with three unique perspectives on how fashion shapes the world. Fashion and personal style are about a lot more than the clothes we choose to put on every morning. They're about the world we live in and who we choose to be. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to fashion, and we certainly love a chat. Welcome to Smart Casual. This week we're talking about the outfits we wore when we really wanted to make an impact. Later in this episode, Sarah is going to be chatting to stylist and brand consultant Ashling Farnela. But first... Sarah, your high of the week? Well, it was Met Gala last week and we had recorded the episode prior to the Met Gala. So um, I have to say kind of my standout look was Lily Aldridge in Richard Quinn. I don't know if you saw it. Didn't see it. I know. It was incredible and it was kind of like, didn't get that much hype, but she was wearing a full latex bodysuit with like the gloves and everything. And then over it, an embellished sweetheart neckline with a kind of signature Richard Quinn floral print on it. And she looked incredible. There was a big black taffeta train at the back as well, or like a big organza train. And he looked a little bit, um, his makeup was like the guy from The Cure. Mm. Oh yes, and then he was wearing. Now this is this is what I'm saying. This is my description of what he was wearing. He was wearing like a headpiece that was kind of like like a um, a guard from Buckingham Palace. Oh yes, are you with me? I'm with you. And then he was wearing a signature Richard Quinn kind of tent floral full length wow coat type and big um, skyscraper heels. Yeah, fulfilled the brief then. (laughs) But was it camp? (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, she looked insane. It was so, so cool. The latex, I just love that he did it. You know, the way he he always kind of covers his models' faces and stuff. Um, But it was like a turtleneck with the hands and then it just showcased his gown Mm. to perfection. It was gorgeous. Check it out. Hair, makeup, minimal Really, really fab. It's mental how I didn't see that mm. on Instagram anywhere. Yeah, it didn't get as much hype get as any coverage. everyone else. Yeah, I'll have a look. And then also Kate Sinnott, our fabulous Irish makeup artist and a dear friend of mine, um, did Ashley Graham's makeup for the Met Gala. Which was oh. class. It was, it was really cool. So beautiful. Yeah, so she was wearing like a Dapper Dan for Gucci look mm. and so Kate did like a green smoky eye. And I mean, Ashley Graham is incredible. She's anyway, she's stunning. Um, but yeah, just a shout out there for a case for flying the flag. Incredible. Fair pleasure. Mm. So what about you, Aidy? Um, so I was in Copenhagen over the last few oh, days yeah. for a very pinch me uh, press trip. Uh, I really did have to pinch myself a few times, got a bit emotional on the plane home yesterday. <laughs> uh, but it was for the Responsibly Crafted Summit with Selected Femme. So Selected Femme, basically their brand statement now is that they're, I think by 2025, they're going to try and be 100% sustainable. So wow. they were showcasing their Autumn Winter 19 collection, which I know seems a bit mad to be talking about Autumn coming winter. into summer. 2019. Okay. Yeah, so they were showing that and it, 66% of the collection is made from sustainable fabrics. And it was gorgeous. Like, it's not a brand that had been on my radar before, to be honest, but the stuff is very Scandi. Yeah, it's a really nice... Really um, good pieces, yeah. It's a really nice label. Yeah, Yeah, and a a really good 
price point, point as well. Yeah. And it was something I talked about with um, some of the people there, like the manager of sustainability and Claire Press, who's the Australian sustainability editor of Vogue. Mm. She was there too. And I was just kind of discussing how we are we can get the message of sustainability out because I think there is that bit of a blockage there. And they said a lot of it comes from the media. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's trying to convey the message in such a way that you aren't alienating people because I think the thing with sustainable fashion is that it's seen as this kind of very like out there thing that's very expensive. Luxurious. Luxurious. Kind of, yeah, like it's yeah, yeah. not everyone can afford it. Yeah. The day-to-day person can't really afford it. But brands like Selective Film, mm. which are that kind of price mm. point. Mm. And they also kind of talked about how we kind of change our shopping habits. And will they keep the price point low? Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. it's yeah. the nothing has changed that way. They are obviously making their clothes in such a way that the price isn't exactly. going to change. It won't but it affect. just shows it's yeah. possible. Yeah. It's, possible it's possible for sustainable yeah. clothes to be affordable and to be accessible and to be stylish because the pieces mm. are gorgeous. Like I they're can't not wait that, to see it. Yeah, yeah. I love really, really selected as a brand. I yeah. think it's really, 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 really good. good. So that was a... That's fantastic. Yeah, that was to a see high this week. So that direction. Yeah. yeah. Um, so on a similar note, I discovered a sustainable brand um, there yesterday. I was browsing around Atrium in Dublin and I haven't been into that store in ages and it's so fabulous and I just enjoyed every minute of being in there and looking at the you know, the products, a lot of Irish designers and um, uh, loads of sustainable pieces as well. And I discovered a gorgeous jewellery brand called Soko. Really modern, sort of quite graphic pieces, but um, not too kind of in your face as well. Mm. You know, uh, not not there isn't like too much drama about them, but yet they're they're contemporary. And, so they're not, and fi- it's not fine It's not jewelry. fine jewellery, but okay. it's not sort of like Big OTT. Yeah, yeah. The, it's actually a lovely middle ground oh. without actually feeling like not one thing or the other. They're, yeah. they're really lovely pieces. I really was instantly drawn to them. Um, and it's a sustainable brand, fair trade, ethical, made in Africa. And actually I went onto the Atrium website and there's a lovely, very short little video from a woman who is a head of sustainability of that brand Soko and you just hear have a little there's a little message from her and then you see um, these uh, African men making the product the studio they work in and it just brought it really alive I love, that. I love it, when brands know, do that yeah. all their sketches on the wall and all the you know reusable materials recycled materials that they use um, and it just really brought it to life and I just thought it was a perfect example of you know, a, a really fresh, contemporary, cool brand that is 100%, you know, or as far as I know, 100%, you know, or as much as it can be sustainable, fair trade. Um, price point? Um, price point around about sort of, I think uh, one of the bracelets I really liked was 89 euro. Oh, um, yeah, you know, only a few pieces were over the 100 mark, okay. um, but really beautiful. Yeah, I, I have to say the jewellery edit in Atrium is super, super pretty incredible. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. super. And I actually borrowed it. I think it's from another label, but I, it didn't have a it didn't have a tag on it. I, mm. I was borrowing a couple of pieces for a shoot that I'm doing today. And um, I, I borrowed this amazing pendant necklace, which I haven't stopped thinking about since mm. yesterday. So it's, it's a sort of a chain pendant with kind of a, I guess, a, a metal box and outfit from it uh, is this just a beautiful blue soft feathered creation um, and I literally haven't stopped thinking about that so treat yourself yeah, I, I, may, I may have to <clears throat> so yeah all around um, good week I think in terms yeah. of sustainable style definitely and stuff. it's great yeah. to see the shift yeah. it really is yeah. and actually there was um, something just this morning that I saw about cashmere which is a bit of a fashion low for me personally because I love affordable cashmere but it's not so great for the poor goats right mm-hmm. Um, it's good to know because yeah, there's a lot of it around, so isn't it? They're, they're going to clamp down now on how they produce it because yeah. it is something that's supposed to be luxury and 
expensive and you know premium products exactly yeah. and it's you're seeing it absolutely everywhere now so obviously there's a cost there's to yeah. pay mm-hmm. so. I think you can't like you can't make everything you know you can't reduce everything to a lower pr- price point I no. think I think like you say some things are premium yeah. for a reason it's just not possible yeah. and mm-hmm. they have longevity and they're worth that investment mm-hmm. that outlay yeah. and I think yeah. cashmere is probably so one of them be yeah. high street cashmere coming yeah. to an end yeah yeah mm. <laughs> So, outfits we wore when we really wanted to make an impact. Sarah. Well, for me, the outfit that I wore, that I've, the outfit that I'd like to discuss today is what I wore when I got married. Um, it was the biggest occasion of my life, I yes, I'm pleased to say. Uh, I got engaged in 2010 and I always knew that I wanted to wear something kind of 1920s, 1930s for my big day as I planned it for New Year's Eve and it was going to be black tie so I love the idea of kind of like a scallop edge kind of fringing dropped waist they were all kind of top of my list beading I was going through a massive phase of everything had like beading around the yoke and the neckline you know French Connection was doing fabulous dresses that were crazy expensive around that time you know three four hundred quid and I just loved them all and so I'd met up I kind of wanted I thought I wanted kind of a cape detail as well so I'd met up with um, the esteemed Irish designer Peter O'Brien and he was willing to sketch up something for me but would be passing on the rest to a dressmaker and I kind of preferred the idea of working with the designer from start to finish, which is probably most desi- designers' worst nightmare. But uh, <laughs> I was kind of adamant. Not that I was a bridezilla, but I just, you, <laughs> you know, you wanted. I wanted to get involved yeah. in the whole process. Uh, so I got in touch with Tim Ryan. He's an incredible Irish knitwear designer and he's kind of known for his fringing and he works a lot with like metallics and he does a lot of knitted pieces from cardigans to gowns. And I'd used a lot of his pieces over the years for editorial shoots. So I kind of had a bit of a rapport with him. So I went over to a studio in London and we started the design process. I was going to go for a full length scalloped fringed gown with lurex mesh base and a cap sleeve. Wow. And I was so (laughs) excited. But four months before my big day, with very little from Tim, he called to say that he was unable to make my dress. So then I began to panic a little bit. And um, because I'd obviously invested a lot of time going over to London. And yeah, of course. I kind of thought I had it in the bag, you know, and I was actually looking back over the emails. And while, again, I will reiterate, I was not Bridezilla, (laughs) there were a lot of one way emails. (laughs) But anyway, all was not lost. Um, I had seen a, a dress by a Nepalese designer, which was just so random. I, I, yeah. I saw a beautiful dress by a Nepalese designer in a shop in Castleknock, a wedding shop that actually isn't there anymore, called Little White Dress. And I, I really liked the idea of it, but I thought it needed work. And I had actually gotten in touch with the designer before I decided to go down the Irish designer route and had said, look, I love this dress that I saw, but would it be possible to do a few tweaks, blah, blah, blah. And they were really positive. And like my mum says to this day, should have just gone with her in the first place because she knew that, you know, it was, yeah, yeah, that it it wasn't going to go the way I wanted to go. Anyway, I contacted the designer again and I, I just asked her if she would be interested. And luckily for me, she was the loveliest woman. So um, I was on the next flight over to London where she's based and we got working on it. And it was a really enjoyable experience from start to finish. 
Um, my dress was actually made from bamboo silk, so it was sustainable and eco-friendly. Fantastic. Yeah, you were ahead of the curve. Yes, then? yes. Not that I n- really chose it for that, but it was definite <laughs> yeah. bonus. Um, it was like a silk bias cut dress with scallop edged beading that finished just below my hips. And it is simple neckline and quite a low back. And I added like a draped overlay with heavy beading for the daytime. And then I removed it and added a more kind of delicate beaded tall piece for the night. So I absolutely loved it. And it fit fitted in with my whole kind of Great Gatsby sparkle. It was beautiful because I remember seeing it on the internet because obviously I wasn't we weren't friends then so I wasn't at the wedding um, and I remember I remember googling you because I was going through my I'm fascinated with this amazing stylist kind of person Restalker. and I need to know more about her so yeah yeah technically yes I think stalkers Stalker. is what that's called an interest and, you took an interest um, I took an interest yes and um, it was beautiful you, you could probably you, you could probably describe it better than oh, I don't time. know I just well what I, I remember the really low back mm. and the really sort of drapey mm. low back which was so beautiful. I remember, even though it was sort of um, slim fitting, it was, it had a fluidity yeah. to it. There, yeah. was, it. there was nothing kind of tight about yeah. it. It, was just, it just um, draped beautifully. Um, yeah, and I, I, I actually, I never, I never would have gone for like a backless or a low back. Like it's a lot more flesh than mm-hmm. I was used to showing, but I think it really worked. It and worked, I felt yeah. like I had the bit of security with the, the overlay mm. piece. Mm. And it's then beautiful. later on the night to take it off and have something a little more delicate, yeah. you yeah. know, I think worked really well. And then I just had like um, a jewel encrusted Jenny Packham uh, headband, oh, which lovely. was gorgeous, and a veil. And I, again, I didn't think I was going to wear a veil. And I put the veil on and like, I'm not an emotional person. Yeah. But I I just was like, okay, now I'm a bride, ah. you know, so it was really it's like that finishing. Yes to the dress. Yeah, yeah, pretty much before say yes to the dress yeah. thing. But uh, yeah, so that was definitely. Yeah. Um, I stalked you on Instagram and I saw it. And oh, fab. did you know? <laughs> did and so did I'm you, more of a stalker than Marie. <laughs> did you feel like absolutely amazing? Did you feel like the best you ever could? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You got I an amazing reaction say, to yeah, that dress and that wedding, yeah, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I think it was actually my photographer was Doreen Kilfeather and. Oh, yeah. She just took the most Mm. incredible photos. And like I've often said it, I was a stylist for like nearly 10 years before I got married. And what I'm known for is probably my wedding. You know, like (laughs) people are like, oh my God, I saw your wedding because it was on like one fab day or whatever. You know, and it's like all these shoots that I've done for publications (laughs) over the years. Your wedding steals the show. But yeah, I felt amazing. It was so comfortable. I think, you know, being bamboo silk or whatever, it was really incredibly comfortable. And I bought a little Eve Solomon on um, oh, gorgeous. for Cape to go over it because I was worried because it was New Year's Eve that yeah. I was going to be freezing but sure I didn't feel the cold whatsoever no, the adrenaline. what a beautiful time to get married yeah it was gorgeous yeah. and, it, and you know the way everyone gives out about you know they don't want it to rain on the wedding but it actually worked perfectly because my whole day was about kind of sparkling like the, it looked like the ground was actually sparkling wow. you know it was it came out in the photos so beautiful sounds like, like the dream yeah it was it was a great day how fantastic yeah. and I still love my dress oh, and you years. still have it obviously uh, yeah, yeah but Jesus it wouldn't go over. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's really ten years later, so you know, ten years and two kids later. I yeah, think exactly. I think that's okay. It's allowed. You know, yeah. I guess my um, most memorable outfits have been for kind of minor occasions, really, because obviously mm-hmm. I haven't done the whole wedding thing. So um, yeah, th- I think the 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 outfits I remember that that mean most to me have just have just been for kind of more I guess more minor not even occasions just times when mm. I 
when I mm. needed them, when I needed the armor and the strength and, you know, when, when, you know, I needed something to sort of like lift myself, I guess. But um, I guess one of them, and it, so- it sounds kind of ridiculous talking about this outfit, but it's, it's an outfit that I still have and that cost nothing. Um, it's, it was a, a, a grey tunic dress and matching trousers um, that I bought in H&M in London probably about probably only a few months after I arrived in London mm. and of course it was based on I had the fascination with Victoria Beckham even back then. <laughs> wow. Obviously, I was say as a Trini. It wasn't Trini known a little for bit, wearing yeah, like the tunic actually, probably that, that, that probably yeah. kind of fed into it a little bit but there was this specific um, shot of Victoria Beckham with David when I think I don't know if they'd had Brooklyn or not probably not She'd just gone for the short hair. Remember the black tunic dress over the black trousers? And she was wearing flip flops and she'd got the haircut short. And she was going, this was like her cool phase before Mm. she went down the wag phase. So I was quite obsessed. I remember that. That's so cool. I know it was was fab Mm -hmm. and I loved it. And like, so I I had my haircut short Mm. then and um, and I bought this grey tunic dress and I still have it at home and I still love it. No way. Cost about like, probably 15 quid or something in H&M oh, wow. in London That's at the time amazing. and the trousers were probably about a tenner or something yeah. um, and I wore it on my first visit back to Dublin having moved to London and so no one had seen my short hair yeah. and you know the way you know when you're young in your 20s the big you, you want to yeah you want to mm. go away and come back like this back, just yeah. fabulous person I get like. that going back to Kerry coming from <laughs> Dublin <now. laughs> <laughs> they don't look at me like she looks amazing though so. <laughs> but it just ticked like every box I came home and I had this like cool crossbody bag which I wore with I it I can see and it I can visualise it I, well I'm not it's like not very different from a style now really okay. like you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I think you wore it yesterday yeah. you're wearing it right now yeah. pretty much <laughs> so it, but it was it was just it was amazing I felt amazing in it I'll always remember how I felt in it how I looked in it and and it was cheap as chips outfit and I still have it and um just love it to bits and oh, that's it's so all, nice. it, it's one of my kind of um nicest fashion memories I think is um mm. is, is that outfit um so yeah it's kind of just like similar kind of small minor kind of events in mm. my life that I've kind of used clothes to make them special for me I guess yeah. um I'd be very similar to that way Marie kind of that I probably associate clothes with memories more in times that they've protected me. And I think in big moments or big changes, it's like a con- a control thing, I feel, that I use my clothes to kind of, if I can't control the situation I'm in or the outcome, at least I know my clothes, my outfit's looking well, so, you know, it'll be grand. Mm. But um, I have one dress in particular that I only bought last year and I was... Uh, bought it when I was working in Topshop and when I moved up to Dublin first my big thing was I want to get a job in Topshop because I was in college and I was like it'd be great to get the clothes and the discount <laughs> and um, I got the job and it was like one of the first dresses I bought and it was uh, it's a blue floral midi dress I've worn it loads kind of has like a tie neck but <laughs> I had to place them for my masters so I had two placement interviews so I wore it to both of them I wore it to the first day of both those jobs I wore it my first day in image um, and numerous times after that I've worn it into the office but the reason is I think people probably think it's superstition but it's not mm. it's just that it's the one dress I put on and I just feel mm. so good in it so then when I go into these situations where I'm nervous or I don't know what things are, what's going to happen at least I have that it's like a yeah. comfort thing like a crutch yeah it's like a crutch yeah and as well it's kind of the dress as well that would get like 
like it would get a compliment or two mm-hmm. and I think that makes you feel better too and when you're going I was going into these environments that were fashion and I didn't know if I was going to fit in or what people would think of me so like at least the dress was going to keep me looking well you know so totally and it's yeah. such like it is such a lovely thing when someone passes a compliment it does especially if you're if you're a bit wobbly that's someday the thing and, and yeah someone and if gives you a compliment it means so much it does and if it's your first day like it's your, my first day in image I remember someone commented on it and I was so nervous coming in Aww. and that was just made me that immediately so relaxed that is so nice yeah you're like I've been accepted I've been, yeah, it was just—it's just such a nice feeling. I always look at that dress now. Like I don't think I'll ever get rid of it because it's been there now. Yeah, it's in a year where a lot of changes happened. Yeah, it was yeah. that dress that was mm. always there, and like carried me on through like the start of my career. Mm. And then the other outfit, which is probably a big moment, but it was my Debs. And the reason—the oh. reason I remember it so much—is because I could not find a dress to save my life. Nothing. I remember it was just such a bad time. I was like sixteen because we we had our Debs like before. Or leave and start like Christmas before or leave and start. Oh. So we did we did do backways back and carry like everything else. We don't really. <laughs> but um, so I was only like sixteen. My friends had found dresses so easily. They just walked into shops and they all looked stunning. They'd all come up to Dublin to get their dresses. I couldn't find a thing. I was everywhere. As Pamela Scotts, I was even in Marks and Spencer's. I say I was everywhere. And I came up to Dublin with my mother and I went to Limerick and like I was just I remember crying in the dressing room. Oh, I was like I won't God. find anything. And I was like. It was the week before my debs hadn't got a dress. I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I'm not going to go to my debs. What am I going to wear? Like jeans or something. So <laughs> there was a woman at home who was selling dresses out of this room that she rented in a and b It's like the woman in Kalini yeah. that myself and Louise Stokes went for our debs. There's yeah. always a woman. <laughs> There's always a woman. And mom had been, my mom had been saying this to me all along. She's like, we'll go to this woman. She has this room and loads of dresses. And I was like, what? I was like, what are you on about? Like, <laughs> I was like, you made this Where up. Where are you taking me? Yeah, I was like, me? where are you taking me? So brought me into the middle of the country down this dark road in this big B&B. And, um, the woman had like all these dresses and it was the very last dress I tried on oh and it was God. just perfect. It didn't have a zip. <laughs> there was nothing inside. It was just slip on and it but it was so it ended up being one of my favourite dresses ever. Wow. And it was only forty euro. And I remember some of my friends had paid like five hundred euro for their dresses. Oh and I was gosh. like, after all the drama I'd gotten yeah. through that I got this dress. And I remember that night everyone's like, yeah, Oh my god, where did you get your dress? Yeah. I was you like, deserved 40 euro. that. Yeah. So after it was the trauma. Yeah, and it was this blue um kind of silky material. It had like gold straps like I'd wear it now like mm. I think it's a kind of dress that kind of would stand the test of time and I yeah. remember even my cousin wore it to a wedding afterwards and stuff but um, I was so happy because everyone was asking me that night they were like where'd you get your dress of Where'd course because no one would recognise yeah. it yeah and they were like I was like 40 euro in some random house <laughs> <laughs> so everyone was like oh my god and like because that dress was worn again and say some of my friends had whatever spent enormous amounts of money on their dresses and they never touched never touched yeah, them yeah. again so like yeah. I was like I you won that you, you won that so I look back on if that time if there was time, a winner it was you yeah, yeah. so I look at that dress being like yeah, things worked out okay kids that's got to stay <laughs> yeah. uh, in the wardrobe forever yeah definitely my tunic dress will stay in my wardrobe yeah. forever and ever and ever and ever and ever mm. yeah for sure yeah if you're looking for a special dress pop down to Kildare Village this weekend where there's a DVF sample sale from 10 to 5 on Saturday and 12 to 5 on Sunday these gorgeous pieces will be reduced by up to 80% and it takes place in the apartment This week's guest on Smart Casual is Ashling Farinella. Ashling Farinella is a fellow fashion stylist and creative consultant. With her finger on the pulse and in many pies, she is constantly working on innovative and fashion-forward projects. 
In a competitive industry, she has definitely found her niche. She is a champion of Irish design and in her role as creative consultant to Kildare Village is responsible for giving Irish talent the opportunity to complete an MA in fashion design in the prestigious Royal College of Art in London. More on that later. Ash is an all-round cool chick with a covetable wardrobe and counts Simone Rocha as one of her besties. She is someone I've turned to for advice many times over the years and is a massive asset to the Dublin fashion scene. Ashling, welcome. Oh, thanks, Sarah. That's gorgeous. <laughs> um, firstly, I suppose I wanted to ask you, did you always see yourself working in the fashion industry? No, uh, I didn't. Um, so I, I studied cinema. Um, I guess, first of all, though, probably not seeing myself in the fashion industry has been a huge part of my work, actually, because yeah, yeah. I'm always looking beyond fashion. Yeah. Uh, and I studied cinema. I have a master's in film and television studies wow. from DCU. And uh, I guess I'm v- very visual. Mm. And I was drawn to cinema mm. from, from that part of me. But the master itself was very academic. And I came out of it not really knowing what I wanted to do. So... I was kind of, you know, I worked in the IFI and I was helping out on some short films, doing production assistant and runner and bits and pieces. And eventually there was a little bit of costume assisting in there and, you know, meeting people through this kind of small uh, film community. And uh, the costume uh, work developed a little bit more. And a director, I ended up doing like costume on a play for somebody. And uh, then at that time, uh, my boyfriend at that time, his brother was actually an amazing fashion photographer working in Dublin called Gordon Goodwin. And he was really incredible fashion photographer. Um, learned so much from him. He had a huge personality and nobody would work with him at a yeah, certain point. Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, you are doing some costume here. You style a shoot with me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was so naive. I really didn't even know what a stylist was at that stage. And um, I just, I was a very kind of, yeah, okay, I'll give it a go. And I I did. I just kind of, I went around to a few shops of people that I knew in mm. town. I borrowed some costume, uh, you know, used things for my own wardrobe when I did a shoot with Gordon and I immediately loved it. Um, uh, and uh, I think kind of ironically uh, that shoot was published and it was wow. called Style Solo <laughs> and that has been <laughs> you know very definitive moment or kind of definitely defines um, my approach to fashion and yeah. uh, you know my own my own direction uh, that my career has taken but yeah so I just fell into fashion and yeah. then when I discovered styling yeah. I fell in love with fashion and I fell in love with styling and I did everything that I could to learn more about it to practice mm-hmm. I um, and this is way before social media mm-hmm. I've been working for 15 years now mm-hmm as a stylist and uh, I like I used to go into a charity shop in Ranala and like you know ask them if I could dress the windows and you know so I could play with the clothes essentially and like I you know and I I just know it's that need to be like working with clothes all the time and mixing it up yeah I really you know I found that everything that I'd learned from cinema was I could really I could bring Mm. into practice on a photography shoot but it was so much quicker it was so much more immediate it was so much in the moment Mm. and um, that I just it really it worked way better for my my eye and my personality 
Yeah. And so, yes, I just fell into fashion. So I feel every day and every new project, new job, new client, new challenge is, you know, such, uh, it, you know, it's it, it's always, uh, I'm so, I'm still amazed at everything that mm. I've been able to do, mm. to participate in and that everything that I've achieved. So I know. And mm. I think that's what, where the kind of, the bra or the name fashion stylist just does not cut it to what we yeah. do, you know. Yeah, and well, I think that I, people are are a lot more aware now mm, of what stylists yeah. but sure, do. But we didn't really know no. even, no, you know. No, but I think also that every stylist really defines their own role. Yeah. And, you know, there are stylists who work in very, very niche areas mm. and they um, focus on maybe commercial work or mm. perfection or accessories. Yeah. Or they have, you know, they have, they, everybody has their own different styling voice, so to speak. Yeah. And, and uh for me, it's always been about connecting things, about connecting people, about connecting fashion, about connecting elements on a shoot, about connecting business with fashion, mm. design mm. with fashion, culture with fashion. And um, uh, that's, uh, I've totally gone off point yeah, there. Yeah, no, you, and you can, totally, you can totally see that in your work and everything that you do because it's so broad from like being the creative director of a fashion magazine to working with the likes of Kildare Village you know yeah. like there's so I guess it it does seem broad but really yeah. it's that the, the idea of all, yeah. just connecting yeah. is really integral to everything that I do so on a shoot it's connecting the right dress with the right mm. shoe it's a photographer with the story it's an yeah. editor with the fashion story it's a model with the location yeah. student with the scholarship it just grows and grows and, and it's about how I can access all of my experience and my network and and the um, my knowledge of fashion mm. and my knowledge of Irish industry and bring all of those things together. Mm. Amazing. Um, so, like, is there something that you love the most about what you do, or is it the connections? Between that is you? it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that is the thing that I love the most about what I do. Mm. And um, I and love you're such a massive pool to draw from as well. Like, you do know people in every industry you seem to kind yeah, of yeah well I guess I'm I'm drawn to that I'm really interested by them I'm interested yeah. by interesting people yeah. I love learning about uh, people's creative process about their careers um, about you know I love understanding what it is they're trying to say through their work as mm. a fashion designer mm. or as a stylist mm. or a photographer and and uh, yeah, I guess I do. I like to bank all of that, and and I and I do really try and find opportunities whereby creating the right connection or the right partnership will help to some more help to su- support somebody or help somebody to move forward a little bit. Mm. And it, is there a project that you that has been like the most exciting for you over the years that you've worked on? Um, I th- I genuinely think. Every project is so exciting. And as a stylist, you know that. I mean, like, we get the best bits that we work on. Fashion shoots, shows, Mm. um, uh, you know, installations, projects. We work with magazines. We work with uh, clients on creative campaigns. Like, all the bits of what we do there are really some of the most exciting times for um, different companies that when we come in and bring it all together. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the work that I'm doing at the moment uh, with Kildare Village. Mm. I mean, I've been consulting with them for uh, about three years now. Okay. And there's the 
scholarship with the Royal College of Art, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. is a definitely it's something that I care very, very much about. I think it's really important for the Irish industry to support or for uh, to support uh, designers within the Irish industry, especially at an emerging level, to kind of help to position them on an international platform to create these opportunities. And I think that um, there's n- big businesses are in a real position to do that and that they're very important relationships to develop. And is it just literally a person like you to rock in and say, I think that this would be an amazing <laughs> idea or initiative. Oh, or like. how, how does that come about? Like, with there's uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, you know, and uh, and 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 it's not just me. No, I mean a project, especially like the the scholarship opportunity with Kildare Village. That's te- that's being built by a team. Mm. You know, yeah, I'm there consistently mm. flying the flag and wrecking everybody's head mm. about it and project get, managing, tr- trying to push it yeah. forward, trying to make sure people stay interested, trying to make sure we stay on top of things. You know, managing relationships between a student who's in like this really pivotal, mm. important, mm. delicate time mm. of their of their career. Um, working with you know big institution like the Royal College of Art, working with a huge company like Kildare Village, and you know so there's but all of these people are involved. It's not just me. Again, what I do is I connect them, mm. you know, and yeah. I and I create a really good environment for them to all work together. Yeah. And really, I think sometimes I'm doing my best work when I'm not visible at all. The project, you know. It, it, it doesn't have my name on it, yeah. you know, but uh, I'm just working behind the scenes, behind the scenes. Yeah. And um, but yeah, that is so exciting. I mean, Andrew Bell is just about to graduate mm. in June. So he's finished his two year MA. It's amazing to be able to say that there is a third scholarship opportunity Fantastic. with Kildare Village. So the student hasn't been um, confirmed yet. But that is definitely happening and it's all in, in process at the moment. So in September, we'll have a new student uh, supported by the Kildare Village Fashion Scholarship at the Royal College of Art for another two-year MA course, which that is, is and it's, uh, you know, their full fees. It's uh, just such a huge opportunity. Yeah. And it's make or break for them as well. And have you, do you stay mm. in touch with the designers then or say, was it Michael Stewart? Who was? Yeah, so Michael Stewart was the first yeah. uh, recipient. Incredible, incredible yeah. designer. Yeah, he's just like, he is um, an artist, mm. you know, he's a really unique talent. Uh, he is, a, his aesthetic is so refined and so he's so true to himself mm. in what he does. Um it's very sculptural. It's so beautiful. It's so contemporary, but still like draws on so much history. And uh, yeah, he's really, really special. He's an amazing person. And yes, we do stay in touch. And right. I think, I mean, we stay in touch personally, but I would also stay in in touch with him in relation to Kildare Village because they have supported him through, as you said, a very defining moment mm-hmm. Uh um, as he launched into a career and it's really important to continue that relationship that they can be there to support or to, to reconnect at future opportunities and to know what he's doing and if there are you know ways to keep conversation going or to keep activity happening it's amazing it's, I think that's yeah super important there is so much talent out there and it's just a lot of it goes to waste because they don't have the right platform yeah you know and it's just well it, there are like I mean Ireland is an amazing country we have incredible talent we have incredible fashion talent incredible design talent and um but really fashion is a global business mm. and 
we are not a major fashion platform, but we are next door to one, mm-hmm. and uh, we need to support our we need to support our talent to be able to access that platform, be it London, be it an yeah. international fashion platform, to be able to access that and to be able to grow from there, but not to feel like they've been pushed out of Ireland, mm-hmm. but that they're supported on that journey, that they will bring back their business, bring back their knowledge. You know, they mm-hmm. will support other students, they will support other designers, they will work with other... Yeah, it's just a win-win you know, kind of, yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely, yeah. And do you have any other exciting projects coming up? Yes, absolutely. I'm really excited at the moment. Uh, we've just confirmed another project working with Kildare Village and they are doing an amazing partnership with Emma, the Irish Museum of Modern Art. And oh, so that's really exciting. It's great to be mm. part of this uh, new partnership and connecting them connecting Kildare Village with such an important Irish art institution and and everything that that means. Um and is that um Rachel Thomas. So, uh, well, Rachel Thomas is the head of exhibitions she's there, yeah, and she's an amazing woman. Mm. Uh, she's such uh, such an inspiration. Um, uh, I remember you styled her for something, and you styled her so perfectly. Yeah. What was that for? It was for uh, a she wore or Richard Malone. Mm. Um, uh, I think you're probably talking about. She wore Richard Malone at the Monier. For Farman for Mayan launch. Uh, Sorry, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right. Um, uh, Yes, Rachel. Yeah, War Richard Richard Malone for that, and it's brilliant. You know, she's now developing a great relationship with Richard Malone. But for me, I think it's really important important for for people in those positions to be supporting Irish fashion designers Mm. and Mm. to be promoting them on Mm. those platforms. So uh, to be be visibly doing that. So Yeah. yeah, I think that's really important. But yeah. There's also there's a new uh, director in Emma now, Annie Fletcher. So it's a brand okay. new era there, and uh, it's a very exciting time, and it's wonderful to be able to take part in that. Like I feel like you could say about everything you say, connecting. I think the word connecting would literally be in everything. Like it's yeah. just so true. Yeah, that's yeah, what but you it, do, and, it, and, and, that's it, and it's actually so simple. Your profession. <laughs> yeah, I'm a connector. <laughs> connect for I don't know. <laughs> Are you any good at connect for? Uh, I don't know. Give it a go. <laughs> Um, and is there any, are there any um, designers kind of up and coming that you've had your eye on that you think are particularly good? Um, up and coming. Exciting. Well, I mean, Andrew Bell is yes, super exciting. Yes, yes. And yeah, definitely, you know, he is going to uh, create a storm. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm very excited to see his graduate show, which is happening now um, in June, 7th June in London. And um, but you know there's there's so much happening here at home as well. Yeah. Do you uh, work with NCAD or uh, Limerick College of Fashion? Uh, I mean, I have, and yeah. I've good re- relationships with them both. Yeah. I'm not working on anything in particular with either of them at the moment, but I do have good relationships, and I have worked with them both in the past. And I do obviously look at the talent mm. that's coming out of both of those colleges. And there's also Griffith College, and there's also mm. University mm. in the North as well, <laughs> and. Um, uh, but you know, there's yeah in Dublin as well. I think you know there's so many of these. There are local collectives and there are groups yeah. of things happening, and I find those exciting yeah. as well. And uh, you know, there's Ruth in Omdiva, and she mm. does such great collaborative mm. events, and she supports Irish fashion, Irish emerging Irish fashion designers yeah. in such a really unique and authentic way. 
uh, I am in awe of her always. And you know, I know she's got a series of workshops coming up and they uh, they cover a number of design disciplines and they're kind of supporting maybe uh, small retailers like Ruth Anna Koss, another stylist who does beautiful mm-hmm. children's kind of thing mm-hmm. called yeah, Little Wooden yeah, Peg. Or, um, some designers who I do, I am loving at the moment, are it's called Tank Jewellery. So uh, to girls they have like their studio on South William Street but they make these amazing earrings they're silver kind of sculptural pieces they're wow. kind of faces but they're mm, uh, they're gorgeous they're just really they're really interesting yeah. really unique and yeah, uh, yeah I love their work love great uh, okay so would you have what advice would you give any designers out there who are coming to the end of their degrees and they're like keen to figure out the next steps yeah I think um you know, knowing themselves, you know, being true to themselves, thinking, you know, what success will mean to them Mm -hmm. will help them to shape their future. And this kind of the superficial idea of success, you know, go away, get into a big house or, you know, do this, do Mm -hmm. that, you know, have a million Instagram followers, Mm -hmm. whatever, like, and is that really success? Mm -hmm. And I think success is a very, you know, personal thing and maybe connecting with that is very important at this stage where there are so many opportunities ahead of them and there will be so many doors opening and closing and opening and closing and knowing, you know, where to go and how to navigate all of that territory. So, yeah, you know, what what de- what defines you? What is your distinct yeah. voice? You yeah. know, and you also then... When you realize what that is, how do you push it? Yeah. You know, how, how do you, you push it? it? For, how do you how do you know how do you push it forward? How do you make it more than what it is? Even mm. you know, like um, yeah, uh, just like amplify your voice. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. challenge yourself yeah. with it. You know, don't settle with what you're what you're doing or how amazing you are. Obviously, because you're coming out of college, you're going to be like you know yeah. know everything and be the best in the world, and <laughs> the world will be at your feet. But like, yeah, just keep challenging yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Who would be your favorite Irish designers? <clears throat> Well, like, there are so many Irish mm-hmm. designers that I love. There are you know, so many I know personally. And that is really, you know, I I see design process, which I mentioned I love. You know, I, I see how, I see hearts and stories that go into work. And that's uh, something that I'm really drawn to. But, yeah, my my favourite designers would be Simone Rocha and Natalie B. Coleman. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love Richard Malone, but uh, what really draws me to those designers in particular is their uh, idea of femininity, which I really identify with. And, you know, they're the beautiful fabrics, the shapes, the volumes and the, the power that, that they create with their work, mm-hmm. with these with these pieces is such a very different power. It's a feminine power, you know, makes you feel like a woman, feel like a mother, you know, feel like a sister, feel like a friend, and and how they translate all of that into the pieces that they make is something really special. Mm, absolutely. Um, how would you describe your own style? My own style is uh, quite easy going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me what you're wearing today. Oh, what am I wearing today? Oh, yeah, okay, good. Uh, I'm wearing uh, this uh, amazing linen dress. This is Wexford linen, and it's been made in Rathfarnham. And it's designed by um, the girl ladies at Atrium, Kate Nolan yes, and Chupy Sweetman. I knew I recognised They it. have uh, it started their fabulous. own line yeah, yeah. in Atrium, which is a great boutique, yeah. independent yeah. boutique, which supports both Irish designers mm-hmm. And designers, uh, international designers, working with in sustainably in fashion, mm. and uh, yeah, it's just like it's 
the best piece that I'm wearing it all the time at the moment. Uh, it's uh, very it's easy to puff. wear. It's got a little, See, got a little yeah. puff. I little, love a little puff, but mm. it's a, pockets. a pocket. Buttons. Buttons. It's ticking all the it's boxes. It's an amazing fabric. You mm. don't need to iron it. It's mm. so comfortable. You're not going to sweat in it. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, it's not, I can get baby food or, yeah. you know, I can spill something on it and I could probably still wear it for a few more days. <laughs> and shoes? <laughs> shoes, oh, yes. So I, I normally wear flats, but I'm wearing a pair of Stella McCartney platforms today. Yes, so you they are. are. So I'm feeling quite tall. An extra four you, inches, you look probably. Really tall today. <laughs> Does it suit me? No. <laughs> You're gorgeous. Perfect the way you are. Um, tell me about your earliest fashion memory. Um, earliest fashion memory. I there's nothing like so super definitive here I think it's there's a few blurs mm. you know like your mom going out on a yeah, fancy yeah, dinner yeah. or something uh, I really remember in Sicily my dad's from Sicily spent the summer there as a kid had nothing to do I remember like sitting in the shade of a tree and pouring over you know these kind of like uh, housewife catalogues <laughs> of you know trousers <laughs> and like you know and you know the Italian kind of apron house coat yeah, and all these yeah, different yeah. fabrics and going I like that I don't mm. like that and, you know or yeah I remember being really really drawn to yeah. Benetton ads oh, like yeah. I wanted to be a Benetton child mm-hmm. like they were so happy they were, they were jumping up and down so they were colourful. colourful their lives you know like they were you know these were it was diverse mm, you know and was. this is like and it was and it was just joyous yeah. and colour yeah. and you know um, I yeah, definitely wanted that that's that really kind of you know uh, made an impact yeah is there a kind of most treasured piece in your wardrobe because I like when I think of you I just everything you wear is so fabulous and actually you know is looks like an investment buy and it, you really don't mm. just do you don't do fast fashion yeah um, mm. by any way shape or form but everything that you wear is is also different like I, I can't I don't necessarily know where it's from which yeah, I yeah. love and that's okay. really hard yeah. to do yeah um, yes I uh, yeah, they are all investment pieces mm. um, I don't do fast fashion um, I really really think about what I'm buying it's everything that I talk about mm. and I you know uh, put my money where my mouth is exactly. I yeah. buy a lot of Irish um, Irish designers and I love that I often like you know we'll just order something from a lookbook or do a personal order or so I'm not necessarily going into shops I hate trying things on well you know I hate <laughs> spending time getting dressed or you know all of those things um, um, but uh, yeah, is there something in particular in my wardrobe? I, everything has a story. Like even the piece that I'm wearing today, I absolutely, I absolutely love. Um, I have a pair of really old Converse, <laughs> <laughs> which on my first trip to New York, I went and I got this. This like guy, I've totally forgotten his name. He's probably maybe still there, but like. Um, he, he's just like off Union Square or something and like he would customise and no like way. and I got him to like and he'd like do all this amazing stuff and I went and I got him to do like Mickey and Minnie Mouse on my Converse <laughs> like in like graffiti style and I love them. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> they seem awesome. Yeah. And is there somewhere, like you've mentioned Atrium, you've men- mentioned Dom Diva, would they be the places that you would shop? Is there... Um, like... I think there are places that I uh, absolutely will go into and totally support and uh, 
and definitely pick up stuff there. Um, like, yeah, independent boutiques, uh, costume, mm-hmm. Havana, mm-hmm. Scout, uh, they're all amazing. There's, you know, we don't have a huge um, culture of independent fashion mm-hmm. stores in Dublin uh, as a capital city. We really yeah. don't. Uh, but, you know, Indigo and Cloth Men's where, yeah. you know, I maybe pick up some stuff there. My studio yeah. is upstairs. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I I then deal directly with designers and and do you think your style has changed or evolved since becoming a mum? I kind of feel probably hasn't, has it? Uh, no, I don't think it has. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Um, I think like I was always very functional and yeah. very easygoing, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, never very precious or never did outfits or you know that yeah. kind of thing. Like, and uh, so, so no. I mean, like, yeah. And also, I was really adamant that when I had kids, I wasn't going to stop wearing my clothes mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wore my Simone Rasha skirt and I let Franca, yeah. you know, pour her dinner down it or, you know, <laughs> I, like I live in my clothes. My, yeah, I wear exactly. my clothes, you, can't be you too know. Precious, no. Yeah. Okay, so our topic for today um, is what I wore when. Mm-hmm. So it's an outfit that stands out in your memory that you wore at an important time in your life and how it made you feel. Is there an outfit that stands out oh, yeah. for you? Yes. Yeah. I did think about this because <laughs> it's a hard one actually. <laughs> but um, I remember for my hen party which was... Uh, um, Don't tell me. It had cutouts. <laughs> it was sparkly. Uh, it was down to your... I had the most amazing. Yeah. My best friend, Kira O'Donovan, who was amazing yeah. as a designer, and she organised... the other day. Uh, she organised um, my hen and, like, she kind of got everybody to do a floral theme and... Uh, I had was wearing which I didn't know about like and uh, but like everybody was there dressed up together in like all their amazing florals and everybody had headpieces but I was wearing a Helen Steele dress which is kind of like a kaleidoscope perspective of flowers and uh, Sorco Rally made me like my my headpiece thing or whatever which was like veil with all pearls and gold and stuff like that stuck to it and uh, you are so we were fashion, all fashion. <laughs> in the most non-fashion exactly way. <laughs> the coolest possible but, way. Uh, yeah, we were all, we went to Beach House and we were flying oh around the place like God. flower fairies. Yeah, it was great. Why wasn't I there? <laughs> Next time. Well, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> we can do something else. Well, Ashley, it's been so brilliant talking to you. You are incredibly empowering. I always feel empowered when I chat to you. Thank I love you, our Sarah. chats. Thank so you thank so, you much. so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. This episode of Smart Casual was brought to you in collaboration with Kildare Village. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, make sure to rate, review and subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify.